0: Chapter number 1, book of James chapter number 1, appreciate the Lord working things out, giving surety, and uh, Sunday school this morning, Brother Tim opened up. Or he ever even read scripture and he quoted this verse and that's what I've been on my heart for two days. And uh, I I got up this morning, I'm just, you know, I'm real transparent, you all know me. And uh, me and Brother Oakley, we talk about every day, multiple times a day, most days. And uh, he texted me this morning, he said, are you ready to preach? I said, well... I said, my heart and minds went a million directions. I feel like I got a whole lot of scripture and a whole lot of information. I'm just needing the touch and the thrust of the Holy Ghost to preach it this morning. And uh, my mind has went a bunch of places, but I feel good in my heart this morning. And I trust that the Lord will help us together as we look at the Word of God. And I hope that'll be a help and a blessing to you. And I hope I can give it to you by God's help, the way He's put it. In my heart this morning. James chapter 1. Let's stand together for just a minute. out to reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. I want to back up and get some context and then read down through verse number 17. That's where I want to preach from this morning if God will help me. But let's back up in verse number 13 and begin reading there. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness. Neither shadow of turning. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. It seems to me and I, the reason I felt like we ought to back up to verse number 13 and begin reading there, I want to deal with verse number 17 if God will be my helper this morning. But I think that verse 17 is written in contrast to what's being said in verses 13 through 16. And the fact
1: that not only does every good and perfect gift come from God, but that nothing bad or evil ever comes from God. I think that's what James here is saying. Now, I want to say in the beginning we understand and we read from James chapter 1 and verse 1, it says that it's written to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Those that were believing Jews that had been persecuted and had fled and were not contained together at Jerusalem. There was a lot of persecution. We talked about it some in the Sunday school hour this morning, especially on Jewish Christians who uh, uh, were persecuted and many of them fled for refuge from Jerusalem. Now I've heard a lot of things, and I'm not going to preach this morning to judge other preachers, but I'm going to preach how that the Lord has persuaded my heart. I've heard a lot of people say that James is not written to us. That we we don't these truths are not for us. But here's the reality: all of the Bible was not written to us, but it was all written for us. It would be no more. That would be as foolish as saying we can look in. As we read this morning in First Corinthians, and and the reality was that letter was written to the Corinthian church. But you and I can glean help and truth from it. It wasn't written to the Galatian church. That was the book of Galatians. But yet we can find truth from the book of Galatians. And so in the Old Testament, we, weren't, we don't live in that economy. We don't live under the law. But yet Paul reminded the church at Corinth that the things that were recorded for them were recorded for our examples that we might learn from their experience. And so I believe that even though this letter may not technically be addressed to us and we are not a Jewish Christians, Yet there is great truth That we can glean and gather And apply to us To help us in these days I believe that's right If God had not wanted us to have the entire Bible He would not have preserved the entire copy For us to have today and every there's something in here For everybody Whatever you've come in need of Whatever you've come in search of There's something to be found In the word of God The Bible said that it's quick It's alive and powerful This is not just some other book But it is the very word The very breath of God The Bible said it was given by inspiration That word literally means God breathed And gave the word of God For you and I to hold it out We literally the breath and the words of God in our hand this morning. I believe that's that application, that understanding of the scriptures been lost in our day. I believe that a lot of the reason why that people can lay up the Bible and never pick it up is because they don't understand it or to be the very, oh, we've heard it all our lives. But have you ever realized that these are the words of God? We're not reading James' word. We're reading God's word that he wrote through this man by the name of James. That's right. That is right. And so here these truths are recorded, and James is gonna deal a lot with spiritual maturity. And James is gonna deal, his predominant theme is works. Not that we're work, that we're working to be saved, but that we are working because we are saved. See there's been a lot of persecution A lot of doubt surrounding the Jewish Christians Many of them Paul wrote to them in the book of Romans That they were justified by faith Without works And that is right That is our justification But then that justification That salvation That new man If any man be in Christ He's a new creature And that new creature There are works that are produced out of us Because we are saved That's why James said show me your faith without works and he said I'll show you my faith by my works. He said what I have what God has done in me is working
0: out of me. That's what Paul meant when he said to work out your own salvation
1: with fear and tremor. It's not that we are working out some deal with God but it's that God's already done the work inside of us. It's an inward work and it should manifest itself outwardly in the life of every believer. So here James deals with these things of works and spiritual maturity and coming to place that God wants us to be, and he deals with this thing of being tempted and enduring temptation that we're not tempted of God, and God doesn't tempt us with evil, but we're tempted of our own lust, and that we're not supposed to. End. And then he comes to verse number seventeen. He says, "Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above." Now I was reading that scripture. Matter of fact, it come to my heart, I was driving down the road. And the Lord began to deal with my heart, and if you look at this verse, the verse does not say every good and perfect gift, but it says every good gift and every perfect gift. And so James here I believe is making a and I can back it up with a scripture and I want to try this morning by the help of God to do so that there are good gifts and perfect gifts and they are two separate kinds of gifts they are two separate classes of gifts that both come from God I, I want to preach this morning God to help me on the gifts and the giver And that's what James is dealing with here. The two kinds of gifts not evil gifts, not temptation, nothing evil. He's already covered that. That don't come from God. But he said, but rather every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no bearableness, neither shadow of turning. And so we have good gifts and we have perfect gifts. Now, I believe according to the scriptures that good gifts are the temporal blessings that God gives us in this life. Good gifts are the things that God provides for us to make this life more enjoyable for the people of God. The word "good" here in verse number seventeen it means useful, pleasant, joyful, agreeable. And if we look in the scriptures, I don't want to tell you what I think this morning. I don't want to tell you what other men say. As a Matter of fact, there's not much written about this verse. But if we let the scripture, a comment on itself, we can go back where Jesus is talking to the crowd. And he said, it you, if your son comes and asks bread, would you give him a serpent? If he asks a fish, would you give him a stone? He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. Now he's talking about temporal things. Bread and fish he said how much better shall your heavenly father give good things unto them that ask him and so I believe that in the context of the scripture that the good gifts from God are the temporal blessings that you and I enjoy and we better never forget where our good gifts come from the house you live in it came from God we can make the argument all you want to. I've heard people say, well, I worked. I worked overtime. I sold. It was the grace of God and the mercy of God. that it gave you the strength to be able to work. And to put the money in your bank account. And to make the house payment. It is the gift of God. And every good thing, every joyful thing, pleasant thing, enjoyable thing, we have in this life coming down from above. And we better never forget where our good gifts come from. The car you drove up in this morning is a gift from God. If you opened up your cabinet this morning and there was food in there, it was a gift from God. The clothes you're wearing this morning are a gift from God. Uh, Everything you have, everything you owe is a gift from God. That is right, every, not just some of them, not just the ones we recognize, but that James said every good gift
0: yes. comes down from above, right. come up, that is a continual thing, that is the good gifts you enjoy today, and there may be more good gifts tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, they just keep coming down from above, right. we all ought to It ought to do something to us this morning to realize
1: how good God is to us. When we say that God is good to us, we are recognizing what James said, that every good thing we have has come from God. That is right. That is right. And see,
0: we'll get up tomorrow and there'll still be food in the cabinet and it'll be a gift from God.
1: We'll get in the car and drive to where we work and it'll be a gift from God. We'll have help to be able to work and provide for our families and it will be a gift from God. We'll lay our head down on our pillow at night and be able to go to sleep and it'll be a gift from God of the physical help that we enjoy even sometimes the struggles of life that we go through we may not understand it and we may not fully see it but it is a gift from God that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the cause according to his prayer. every good gift is from God
0: and I believe those are the temple things Jesus got talking with his disciples they got a little bit worried and a little bit bent out of shape like we do sometimes about what where all their stuff was going to come from Jesus said don't take any thought for tomorrow he said don't worry about what you're going to eat what you're going to drink and where you're going to be clothed with he said your heavenly father knoweth you have need of all these things He said, consider the lilies. They toll not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these.
1: He said, take notice of the birds of the air. He said, they sow not, neither do they gather nor store in the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than
0: they? If God would take the time and I can't preach. I told the Lord this morning. And I need His help every morning. But I,
1: I can't get it. If God would take the time to feed the birds in the air. Jesus said today is and tomorrow falls. And God takes notice that when a sparrow falls from heaven, if God would take the time, they tell me that the richest man on earth it would exhaust his riches to feed all the birds of the world for three days. It would cost him everything he had to feed the birds for three days. And yet God takes notice. They don't even plant in the ground. They don't gather it up. They don't lay it up. But God feedeth them. And he said you are much better than they are. Jesus said God takes notice when two sparrows are sold for a farthing." In other words, uh, somewhere up in heaven, and I can't understand all this in my logic, uh, but God has a record, Brother Tim, of every bird that's alive. And God knows when somebody went to the temple and bought two to make a sacrifice, and he marked them all, uh, but God didn't take uh, stop taking care of all the others. He still took care of them. He just knows there's two less that will take care of today.
0: Ain't that something? Jesus said if God would clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cut down and cast into the oven. Now I'm just preaching it the way it's written. We need to just stop and think and meditate on the Word of God. It's hay season where we are. And God's took notice that all the grass has been cut down. He said,
1: preacher, I don't know so much about that. Well, just go on. It don't matter. I'm going to preach how it's on my heart this morning. That's what the Bible said. He called the grass of the field. He gave it. If we want to apply it to the Sunday school lesson this morning, he gave it the body to come up. He put the head on the blade of grass. He watched it as it cut down. He knew it was today and was not tomorrow. He knew there'd be a time we'd cut it off. But yet he took,
0: the point that Jesus is trying to get across to these disciples if they'll hear it and understand it if God
1: takes that much interest and that much time in a blade of grass that's going to be cut down in a bird that's going to be sold for an offering, in a lily in the field that'll bloom for a little while and it'll be so beautiful and glorious but there'll come a day that it will die and will wilt us sooner rather than later if God will take notice of all that how much more notice do you think He's taken of us who were created in His image and breathed by His breath in our own nostrils of the breath of life and the only creation that he has that is a living soul and if he'll give good things to the birds and the grass and the flowers how much better good things will he give to us
0: When you don't have the money to pay the bills, God takes notice. I just told the Lord I was going to preach I have it put on my heart. Now I'm just preaching this morning. feel pretty good in my heart. hope it's helping you this morning. I've been there when
1: I thought nobody was noticing. I have been there when as far as I knew, nobody knew but me and God that there wasn't money to pay the bills but God in heaven that clothed the grass and yeah. gave food to the birds and clothed the lily he took care of me and my hand need I'm not talking about being wasteful I'm talking about the Bible said he'll supply all our need according to his riches and glory yeah. And we could shout on that verse because if you dissect the language, and I'm no English scholar or Bible scholar, but if you dissect the language of that verse, that means as long as God has riches, He can supply your need. And He owns it all. His riches will never run out. The richest man may run out in three days to feed the birds, but God's endless supply never runs out. And as long as He has riches, He'll take care of you, That's right.
0: Thank you Lord. with good things. With good things, good things. I don't know why the Lord wants me to tell this. I've told you probably heard it more. You probably tell it yourself, but I feel like I need to tell it this morning. Maybe somebody's here, and you ain't never heard it, and you need to hear it this morning. I remember me and my wife hadn't been married too long. We didn't have a lot. And the insurance payment was coming due and I didn't have the money to pay it. I'm just being honest. I mean, I didn't. It wasn't that I was out wasting. I just didn't have the money to pay it. And if you've lived any length of time, you've lived at a time that what was coming in was less than what needed to go out. And that's where I was. And I didn't tell her and I didn't tell nobody else. I just told God. God. I said, and I didn't even ask him. I mean, I'm just being honest. I didn't even ask him. I just said, Lord, this co- I don't have the money to pay it. And that's all I said. I went to the mailbox a few days later and I opened the box. And I saw in the mailbox there's a letter from the insurance company. And I just figured it was a cancellation notice, you know, because I hadn't paid it. And I opened it up and it said, Mr. Buchanan, we would like to thank you for your credit card payment with a card ending in. And it gave the last four numbers of the card and I don't know how spiritual you are, but I know how spiritual I was that day, and I pulled out my billfold, and I got every card I had out, and I looked
1: at one, and I said that ain't that ain't the last four numbers on that card, and that ain't the last four numbers on that card, and when I done went through all the cards, I didn't have one that lined up with that, and so I just picked up the phone, and I called the office, I knew the lady by name, she answered the phone, I called her name, I said, do you know anything about this, I got this letter, and said I made a payment, I didn't make a payment, I, didn't, I did not make this payment, I don't even have this card, she she said, hang on, let me talk, tell you about or give you to somebody that does know. Uh, she transferred me. I knew that lady. I said, can you tell me about this payment? She said, God did it and hung up the phone. Yeah. And for years... It's all wadded up and crinkled and probably falling apart for years. It hung on our refrigerator. I wanted my girls to know in case they, that's what Joshua said, I put these stones and when your children ask that time to come, what mean you by this? Yeah. Tell them what your God did on this day. And it was a reminder to me that every good gift comes down from God. Yes, brother. Hallelujah. And He's done it more than once.
0: He has done it. And not because I'm some special somebody as far as I'm concerned or as far as you're concerned. But it dawned on me
1: this morning that I am some special somebody as far as He's concerned. He looks at me and loves me and takes care of me and He'll do the same for you.
0: Every good gift comes down from above. But then he said, now every perfect gift. I thank God for them good gifts, them temporal gifts, those things that are tied to this earth that make our life better and more enjoyable and pleasant and joyful, happy along the way. But he said there are some perfect gifts that come down from above. And we could could not preach about the good gifts and preach about the perfect gifts. And oh boy... I'm glad for the good gifts, but them perfect gifts are eternal gifts. Those perfect gifts are spiritual gifts
1: that are not tied to this world. They have no bearing in this world. They're not affected nor changed by anything in this world. And James said those good gifts, they come from God, but every perfect gift, the word perfect means it's complete, lacking nothing, it is finished, it is fulfilled, not that we're adding to it or have to do anything about it. It's just given unto us and it's perfect from God.
0: And I prayed and asked the Lord. I was riding down the road and everything started coming to my mind. I said, Lord, if you'll let me get this organized, I don't know if I even have it organized this morning, but I'm going to tell you
1: what the Lord put in me. We can go in this Bible right here, the book of Hebrews, and find out we have a perfect priest. In the Old Testament, they did not have a perfect priest because they could not continue by reason of death. But this man abided the priest continually and by one sacrifice. Not only do we have a perfect priest, but he had a perfect sacrifice. They didn't have a perfect sacrifice. In the old testament, it had to be made over and over and over again. About the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, said by one sacrifice he had perfected forever them that are sanctified, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once in the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And so we have a perfect priest. And that's a gift from God. It's a gift from God we're not born in the Old Testament economy. It's a gift from God we have a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. It's a gift from God that we have a perfect sacrifice.
0: That God is satisfied forever with the atonement of sin. That is right. And so because we have a perfect priest, and because He made a perfect sacrifice, then you and I have a perfect salvation. It's perfect. I'm just just—I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I don't think I, I'm supposed to. I'm just supposed to give them to you by as fast as they come to me and I'll be done this morning. We have a perfect salvation. It's complete. I'm not working to be saved.
1: I'm not working to stay saved. It's done. I am as saved a position in Christ as I'll ever be. That does not excuse laziness. That does not give you a license to sin. If you can do what you once did and get by with it, then it's a apparent fact that you do not belong unto God. And because of that perfect salvation, we also are partakers of perfect chastisement. Of the Old Testament, Paul wrote in the book of Hebrews, referenced of the Old Testament that parents corrected for their own good, but he said much better. He has corrected us by his love. He corrects all the other that belong to Him and it's a perfect chastisement and to keep us in the will of God.
0: So we have a perfect priest and a perfect sacrifice and a perfect salvation that's written and told to us about in a perfect word. Paul wrote over there and Brother Tim taught on it. A few weeks
1: ago in First Corinthians 13 when he addressed them spiritual gifts and they were for signs until that which is perfect is come. And when that which is perfect was come, all that that was done in part was done away with. Uh, they did not have a perfect Bible. They did not have a complete revelation from God uh, like you and I do today. Uh, but when that that was perfect is come, all that was done away with. You say, well, that's just speculation. All right, let's go in this same chapter in verse number 25 uh, where he said, Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty that's this perfect book There's not one error, not one mistake, one I out of place, one T not crossed, not one thought that's not where it ought to be, not one verse that's out of chronological order, but we have been told in a perfect word that we have perfect power about a perfect priest who has a perfect sacrifice, who can perfectly save. And the Bible said He can save to the uttermost. That don't mean where He gets you from. That means what He does for you when He saves you.
0: If it had to do with where God got you from, then the rider would ride and we would sing. And most of you have sung it or heard it, I'm saved from the uttermost. But that's not what we sing. We sing I'm saved to the uttermost. And I used to think that meant that God could go in the deepest, darkest depths of the wicked jungles of Africa and get men out. And God can! But that's not what that verse means. That verse, that word uttermost means He has saved you completely.
1: Not one spot he hadn't cleansed. Not one blemish he's not done away with. As far as God is concerned, you are justified in the sight of God by the work of Christ on the cross that this perfect priest of the perfect sacrifice told us about a perfect word, about a perfect salvation that can perfectly save you all the way.
0: And I was riding down the road and I thought, Lord, that's pretty good. I mean, me and God was just having a conversation. That's, all I'm doing is preaching to you what He told me. I don't know nothing else to do. I said, Lord, that's pretty good. Yeah. He said, but you know them old shows and they'd give somebody a prize and they'd start rejoicing about it, and they'd say, but wait! That's not all. That's what
1: the Lord said to me. I said, Lord, I'm glad to have a perfect priest. I'm glad he had a perfect sacrifice. I thank you for this perfect word that was perfectly preached to me and the perfect power of God that brought about perfect conviction and that led me to perfect repentance. Hey, everything about salvation, everything that comes from God is perfect. If it's an eternal work of God, it's done. It's complete.
0: I'm glad I'm perfectly saved. But the Lord said, that ain't all, son. And it took my heart to that verse that said Paul wrote to the believers. He said, I'm persuaded that you possess some things that accompany salvation. That means there's more to it than just the work of salvation. There's more to being saved than being saved.
1: And you say, that don't make sense, preacher. Well, I don't know any other way to say it. There's more to being saved than just being There's So many other things that go along with being born again.
0: It's like getting hired and they say, we're going to give you this pay. And you say, thank God. That's like salvation. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what we've been paid. We've been given salvation, not because of our work, but because of His work. But then the the employer says, we're going to give you some benefits that go along with your pay. And that's what's in this book right here. The book of Isaiah said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. I'm glad I got perfect peace. Peace that passeth all understanding. You say, preacher, I don't understand how all my
1: world can be falling apart and yet I can lay my head down on my pillow and go off to sleep in the night. I can explain it, but I can't explain it. I can give you what the Scriptures say. It's just perfect peace. It's not peace that hinges to this world. Our peace is not linked to our circumstance. Our peace is not linked to our position in this world. But our peace is linked to Him and His position in glory. It said we have this hope of not just perfect peace, but we have a perfect hope. The Bible said in the book of Hebrews the law could make nothing perfect but the bringing in of a better hope be Thank God we've got a perfect hope the anchors within the veil where Christ the forerunner of the inner forest. I'm glad when I can't explain it, I can't tell you in words. But thank God I got a hope this morning and it's perfect.
0: And there's perfect peace, and there's perfect hope, and there's perfect love. First John said, Perfect love casteth out fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear. But a power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm glad when I got
1: born again, God put love in me. Love for Him. We sing that song, I Love the Lord. And you've heard me say it countless times, but I need to say it again this morning. I love the Lord deep down in my heart. No earthly change. It's not a good thing. It's a perfect thing. And it's linked to Him and not this world.
0: Right. Yeah. We have perfect strength. Paul had that thorn in the flesh and he said, I asked the Lord three times that it go away. He said, No, my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I'm glad when I'm weak, He's strong. I'm glad when I got born again, I got strength beyond my strength. Strength beyond my ability. It's a perfect, it doesn't, it doesn't need anything added to it it doesn't need my effort it doesn't need my reasoning it doesn't need my logic I just claim it by faith now I'm not preaching charismatic doctrine I'm telling you there are some things that there are gifts from God that are
1: perfect that have come down from the Father of lights, with whom is no value that doesn't mean He'll that means He won't give you peace tomorrow and take it away today or vice versa you just always have what comes from Him
0: That means when everything's going good, I can have peace. But when everything's falling apart, I can still have peace. Because He does not change based on my circumstances. I sat in a congregation one day and I was listening to Brother Hanley be preach. And he was preaching about the storm that the disciples were in. And you can listen to it on sermon audio, but you won't fully grasp that part of the message because you had to be there. And I saw that dear man of God stand and he said, I know what your life's like. He said, it's like this right here. And that's what he did. Walked all around the church doing this. We're up and then we're down. We're up and then we're down. And most of the time we stay down more than we stay up. He said, but I'm preaching to you about a man... Who's like this? He's a constant. Your life's doing like this. And all the while he's doing like this. You'll meet him on some of your ups and thank God you'll meet
1: him on some of your downs. He's just always a constant. And there are days I like my ups and days I wish I was out of my downs. But thank God that in some days on the way up I've crossed paths with my constant. And then days I'm on the bottleneck speed of going down not knowing what's going to happen all the world is falling around me. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And all of a sudden I meet up with a constant. Thank God we have somebody and something that's perfect this morning.
0: I'm not talking this morning. It may be there are times in your life that because of sin, your life is up and down. But the reality is, regardless of whether sin is in the picture or not, because we live in the flesh, our lives are up and down. Have you ever been in a service kind of like this one or one that's even stronger? and you've rejoiced and shouted and praised God and claimed the victory, and before you get home in your car, you're already on the bottom again. You say, what is that, preacher? That's life, the ups and downs. But thank God God don't go through the ups and downs like we do. I never have called him and he said, hang on, I'm at the bottom at the minute. I've got to climb my way back to the top and then I can answer your prayer. I never have had God tell me that.
1: I never have called and said, Lord, I need to talk to you. And he said, I wish you'd have called me two days ago. I'm on my way down.
0: He's just always been the same. That's why the writer said, I can call Jesus anytime. He's always on the line. The writer said, he's King Almighty. Lord God is his name. And I can call Jesus anytime. I'm glad for every good gift and every perfect gift. And can I say that that perfect salvation that He has worked in you is still working in you. And He has a perfect man in view for you one day. That's what we studied about in Sunday school this morning. There's coming a day. The Bible said that we will be
1: complete in Him. Till we come to the fullness of Christ. To the measure of the perfect man.
0: and It's coming one day. And that's the salvation of the body. That we're going to lay aside all of this flesh, all this trouble, all this sorrow, all this sickness, all this sin. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. That means you don't understand it and I don't understand it. But he said, but when we see Him, we shall be like Him. Perfect. Complete. All done. I'm glad I can report to you this morning that every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above. From the Father of lights, that means He's the start of it all. The one that spoke light when there was no order, when there was no light, when the world was in darkness. He said, let there be light. And it all began with Him. And it's still all Him today. Every good gift is all Him. Lord, help us not to get prideful and think that we've worked to deserve, to earn, to pay. It's all of Him. And every perfect gift is all of Him cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness that's what Brother Mibu is preaching about just constant neither shadow of turning he don't even act like he's going to change matter of fact it's impossible for him to change the Bible said when God could swear by no greater to Abraham he swore by himself because he could not change I'm glad this morning for every good gift and every perfect gift Everything I have and everything you have that's good and perfect comes from God. Everything. Some of you are sitting here this morning with a family, with a husband or a wife, sons or daughters, grandsons and granddaughters. All of them are gifts from God. That's right. When you get to, and I know some of you, Talk with some of you about experiences with your children. I've had some of my own, and some of you I know keep your grandchildren, have those wonderful experiences. It brings all of those experiences, all of those enjoyable, pleasant moments are a gift from God. It's a good gift. And thank God because of the perfect gift we can recognize the good gifts. There are a whole lot of people out there, they don't recognize that the good gifts come from God because they've never been a recipient of the perfect gift. The Bible said, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. And that was Christ. It is Christ. And if you've ever been made partaker of that gift, you'll understand that all the good gifts come from Him. Everything we have and everything we are. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul talked about what he used to be. And he said, it's just by God's grace that I ain't what I used to be. And you be honest this morning, it's the grace of God you're not what you used to be. And it's the grace of God that you are what you are. It's a good gift and a perfect gift that comes down from above. I'm glad this morning to be a recipient of the gifts But even stronger in my soul this morning, I'm glad I know the giver. I'm glad I know who He is. I'm glad He knows me. I'm glad I can recognize His favor and His mercy and His grace. There's a whole lot of people never recognize the mercy and grace of God. But I'm glad not because I am somebody, but because I've been made a recipient of that perfect gift, I recognize who the giver is. And I don't want to ever do a discredit for Him or get too boastful or proud or arrogant in myself, I want to always be the place where I recognize every gift, every good thing, every perfect thing I have comes from Him. I owe it all to Him. <clears throat> it's what the writer said and I'm done this morning. I owe it all to You, Lord. All I have is Yours, Lord. And that is right. Thank God this morning for the good gifts and the perfect gifts and the giver who gives those gifts. Father, I thank You, Lord, this morning for the privilege and the opportunity to have been able to be in Your house with Your people. I thank You, Lord, for the Word of God. I thank You for the simple thought, Lord, that You laid on our heart, Lord. I thank You for helping delivering, Lord, what You put on our heart for today. And Lord, I thank You for liberty to preach this morning, Lord. I thank You, Lord, for a witness in my soul. and Lord, to see the witness in the people of God that You're working on the other hand. I'm grateful. Lord, for that this morning. Thank You for the privilege. What a privilege, Lord, it is to be in the house of God with You people. Gathered together to look out across a congregation of people, Lord, that have been given good gifts and perfect gifts. Folks that recognize and realize and we give You all the glory and all the praise this morning, Lord. Thank You, Lord, that I'm saved. Lord, that I'm a part of the family of God. That I know the giver this morning. And that the giver knows me. Thank You for taking notice of us, Lord, caring about us. And taking care of us. I thank you for it. Lord, I just thank you again for the privilege to be in the house of God with your people. Lord, thank you for the joy that's in my heart to be here. Lord, I pray it's been a blessing and a help to others this morning. Encourage their soul. Lord, for these days we're living in. Thank you for all you've done. Lord, not just what you have done, but what you're doing now. And Lord, what we believe by faith that you're going to do in the days to come. We love you. And we thank you for it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.